This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Jeff, Awesome Possum Blossom, Amy, Domasaurus, Taco Cat, Matthew, William, Brandon, Dave, Scott, Tristan, Kate B, Isaac, Ori, Karun, Eddie, and Nick B. And all the patrons want you to know that you are loved, you are listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome horror virgin community. And if you want to hang out with us, do so in the Facebook group and or Discord server where we chat daily. Yo, would you fuck an alien? What does the alien look like? It looks like a magician. Then no. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> just fully lying right now. It's a gray alien, but it's got a top hat and it's got like rabbits. A monocle. And it, and it says, is this your planet? So, would you fuck an owl? Does the owl look like Chris Evans? Who? An owl. (laughs) Oh my god! You son of a bitch! You son of a bitch! Oh my god! Oh my god, I can't believe that worked. Me either. Thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, Mikey made us watch The the Fourth fourth Kind. kind. All right. Was this the first time you'd seen this before, Mikey, or had you seen it before? No, no, no. I saw it in theaters in college, and it like really freaked me out, and I never watched it again because I was like, I didn't like that. I will say, second time, now that I've gone into the mental health profession, I have a lot of thoughts about the plot of the movie. (laughs) So what you're saying is this movie made you seek out your current career path. No, I was like, (laughs) with what I do now, I looked at the movie and I was like, oh, this is not great. Not great. (laughs) Malpractice on parade is what this movie should be called. Yeah, Very it's so problematic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but which made it less scary, but still creepy. And I think I think that one actress who plays the real the quote unquote real Mila Jojovic creeps me out so much. Yeah. And I'm so glad that she never became famous because it's ju- it's honestly the tone of her voice is putting me to sleep. But she yes, she's creepy. Yes, because she does that. And then she does like that creepy scream. And I'm yeah. just like, I'm out. Yeah. So, Paige, had you seen this movie before? Was it? No, I know you haven't. Right. Because you talked about watching the trailer and it scared the crap out of you. Yeah. No, this was my first time. And honestly, I'm going to say that this is one of those cases where the trailer is so wildly scarier than the movie that I was, like, disappointed. Oh, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I was, like, real upset to a point where I was just like, "What? how is this? Like, why? <laughs> like, why'd you do this to me, fourth kind? Um, <laughs> I think also because I'm a nerd. And and I'm a, a paranormal nerd. Right. A paranerdmal, if you will. A paranerdmal. <laughs> and so I I know a lot of UFO stuff. Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of accounts from people who believe they are uh abducted. And there's a pretty common thread between a lot of them, which is that something bad happened in their lives right around the same time. Yeah. And they're not coping well right and so (laughs) the longer we got into this movie i was like oh no this is a person who has suffered extreme loss and they're not coping well so that was my thing i think at the end of this movie we realized that it's not an alien abduction movie yeah although i could see it either way but i do think that's a little ambiguous right what about the tapes well yes okay so that's what i'm gonna that's what i'm gonna get at so i going into this movie and having seen the trailer thought that the tapes were real 
And I was like, maybe I just haven't stumbled upon these in my nerdery. Like, whatever. There's no way they're real. So I realized pretty quickly (laughs) that they are not fucking real. I had the same thought until that dude levitated. I was like, oh, none of this is real. (laughs) Wait, you guys never seen that video on the internet of the guy just levitating? That's definite proof of supernatural stuff happening. (laughs) Here's where I gave it, like pause right because the video is corrupted you can't in the original you can't see him levitate really sure 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 and so at that point i was like so she's faking these videos because i I was like that's always the thing with ufos is like oh mysteriously it didn't capture on camera so then the few times when like we do capture strange phenomena on camera or we do have like more tangible things that's really compelling and so i was like okay, these videos are mundane enough and the actors are bad enough that they could be real people. (laughs) Yeah, sort of the same thing that happened in Poughkeepsie tapes, the talking heads in Poughkeepsie tapes. Yeah. They were like, wow, this is like the right level of bad for this. That's what was happening here. And there was that whole thing with Mila Jovovich in the beginning being like, I'm Mila Jovovich, I'm an actress. (laughs) (laughs) But when she said that, I was like, "Uh, is that fair? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey, hey, don't you talk about Lilo Dallas multipass like that. <laughs> you may know me from Resident Evil, Resident Evil 2, Evil two. Resident, Resident, Evil Resident Evil 3, Resident Evil Afterlife, right. Resident Evil Extension, Resident Evil Final Cut, Resident Evil Final 2, <laughs> Resident Evil, The Evil Within. You could just say you might recognize me from the movies my husband produces. That's pretty, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But she's good at the Resident Evil movies because she's not asked to act, really, but she's very good at the physical, like, stuff. Like, she's a... A great stunt actress, right? Yeah, well, which is which is why she's so great in Fifth Element, where she barely talks. Exactly. And, but even so, at a certain point in this movie, I was like, so much malpractice has gone on. Oh, yeah. There's no way she would not be arrested. This is not even how the police system works. Like, I was finding so many issues that I was like. But it is a small town where they, like, do their own thing. Well, yeah, but I was like, is this a case where if you watch enough abduction stories, you always start to notice that people leave out important details. And the one that I kept coming back to is, what really happened to her husband? Because people keep saying that they did solve it, and she's like, no, you didn't find the real killer? And I'm like, what? So then I Googled it. I like stopped the movie, and I was like, is this shit real? I don't think it's real. And it was like, no, bitch. Don't be dumb. It's not real. <laughs> I can't believe you thought it was real. Like, I'm I'm more surprised by that than almost any other page fact. I'm more surprised that your Google's so mean to you. Yeah. <laughs> nah, bitch. Nah, bitch. Don't be dumb. It's that new DMX search. Don't do this. It's so soon. <laughs> it's too soon, Todd. I'm so sorry. I'll cut it. X gonna give me the sats. Uh, (laughs) Well, now I can't cut it, Paige. (laughs) I legit really liked DMX. Me too. And I'm very upset by his death. Same, yeah. Y'all gonna make me cry some tears. Yeah. Up in here. Up in here. Up in here. Y'all gonna make me blow my nose with the tears. Uh, So the thing that was making me think like, sounds so mean the acting was so bad in the fake ones that i was like no one would direct people to do this (laughs) like no i when i saw in theaters i i had doubts right i was like man this looks real and in theaters and then like 10 12 years ago this movie how when this movie come out 2009 you know back then that's before iphones so you like couldn't you'd like sit down at a computer and like look at that stuff yeah well and the one that really 
really like kicked off my skepticism was uh the one at the house where they're at tommy's house and i'm like they wouldn't show this yeah the one where he shoots his wife also i so i trained swat negotiators or whatever and so when someone has a hostage and they're like i want to speak to so-and-so you never let them speak to so-and-so yeah especially if they're suicidal or something because it might be something where like they want to kill themselves in front of that person yeah or teach that person a lesson you don't know their motivations and you don't know their past you don't know if you bring that person in that they'll like escalate the situation so like you can do recorded messages from that person but you don't like bring them in on the negotiation are you you know at least in my experience that's the people i work with best practice i knew that you were going to have some like legit crisis counselor like that's (laughs) awesome i love that we have like a legit mental health professional on this podcast can can i just ask and i know we'll get to this at the end yeah we were all freaked out to do this movie yes was anyone legitimately scared of this movie i had trouble sleeping okay (laughs) i was a little freaked out because i'm in a new house i'm in a new house in a new place yes and it's dark out and I have no furniture and I'm just watching this movie and all the lights are out and I'm like, I'm a little scared. Okay, I have a story to tell you. So <laughs> I watched this movie last night. Right. I immediately sort of go to bed, right? I, I turn on 30 Rock to sort of clear the air after watching this scary movie and I fall asleep to some Jack Donaghy yelling at Tina Fey or whatever. Right. And I'm having like a very vivid bad dream about the like face shapes these people make when they're yelling. That very, yeah. it's, oh, it was such a bad dream. It's- it's disconcerting for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, at 1.30, my smoke alarm starts going off because the battery oh is God. dead. Oh, God, But no. I didn't know that. I just woke up like, oh, my God, what is happening? <laughs> Todd does one of those videos where he's like, <laughs> Anyway, so I, I get up. We, we handle that situation. But I, like, could not get back to sleep because I was, like, so scared already. And then, like, triple amped up after that. It was over for me. So, yeah, I was terrified. Well, I'm glad it scared you, Todd. It freaks me out. It just freaks me out for some reason. We'll talk about this when we get to Scary Scale, but I'll rank The Last Exorcism higher than this. Although, I do think some of the imagery in this stuck with me longer. I was not scared of this movie today. My overall feeling is that if you recut this without the found footage aspect. Yes. And it's just a movie about... Is this woman crazy or are people being abducted by aliens? Hardcore. That's that's a much scarier movie for me. That is such a scary movie. We keep cutting away to this extra footage and this interview with this other person. And what I really wanted was like, I want to know more about the other patients. I want to know how many people in this town have seen the owl. Like, I want her to go digging through microfiche of like who all has disappeared I want the FBI to show up and try to cover it up. Like, I want a whole world of these cases, and we just don't get any of it. Yeah, or I want horror scenes of them dragging them out of their bedroom with her marking on the floor and stuff. We didn't get any of that, really. Right, all the stuff that they describe, if you would have showed that, I would have been real freaked out. Yeah, but maybe we should just get into this movie, because we got to talk about this as we go through it. We do, we do. Okay, so this movie kicks off with Mila Jovovich in a creepy forest. Spinning. Oh, it's it's the Twilight spin. It's so weird, though, because it's clear that she is on a lazy Susan for your feet and the camera is just like attached to that lazy Susan or lazy Mila if you will and it's spinning around so she stays at the same angle to the camera but the forest is spinning behind her I was like is this necessary yeah it's I mean I half expected her to like piggyback uh Kristen Stewart up a tree but like (laughs) 
She could. <laughs> She's very physical. She could definitely do that kind of stuff. But this part did have the funniest line in the movie for me. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hi, I'm Mila Jovovich, and I'm an actress. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Mila. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been really, really funny if she had been like, hi, I'm Mila Jovovich, and I'm an actress, and then just a room of people had just been like, Hi, Mila. And then she'll be like, I first started acting when I hit rock bottom. <laughs> Sometimes when I've had a really stressful day, I just find myself acting. <laughs> Sometimes to get away from my problems, I just pretend I'm someone else. <laughs> uh, so she is allegedly Dr. Abigail Tyler. Uh, and she claims that this film is comprised of 65 hours of footage and that they've changed names and professions. Uh, and she also says that every dramatized scene is related to the archives of this doctor. And they do like a little bit of a kind of intercut between what is allegedly the real footage, which does look very real. It they does. did try to make it look real. Uh, the interview with Chapman University definitely looks like a YouTube documentary. Good job there. Yeah. And then kind of intercut it with Mila Jovovich acting out like dramatized versions of those events. So we get into the interview with Dr. Abigail Tyler, which is the non-Mila Jovovich actor, but still an actor. And we cut to Mila Jovovich in what is essentially a therapy session where she's talking to another psychologist. Casey Jones. Oh my God, it is Casey Jones. Yeah. He retired from fighting the Foot Clan and went to Alaska to be a psychologist. That makes sense. All that checks out, actually. As you do, as yeah. you do. To be honest, if the Foot Clan was in this movie, it'd be scarier. <laughs> I have a bad pitch for you guys. Okay. Can we call the quote-unquote real doctor Yila Movovich? Yes. <laughs> It's, it's going to be hard to say. You might have to cut this because I call her the actual alien. She does look <laughs> she like an looks alien. like yeah. an alien. Like, yeah. That's what makes it so scary. Yeah, yeah. Just like, she's, like, she's like, they've taken my daughter. And I'm like, I don't want to talk to her anymore. <laughs> Honestly, it's because the lighting. Like, she has high cheekbones, which a lot of actresses do. And because they lit her from above her, her eye sockets cast a shadow. And it makes it look like she yeah. has really sunken eyes. It's a common problem yeah. with lighting. And they did that because they want it to look like it's not great. I mean, they probably did not light that scene at all. Yeah, well, and her makeup is very washed out. Yeah. Like, they, they literally, it looks like a YouTube documentary. It does. And they clearly did it on purpose. Yeah. And well enough for me to be like, I mean, this seems like crazy shit a YouTube person would say. I honestly <laughs> wish that she had been talking to Alex Jones, though. <laughs> Paige, her face is amazing. I want someone to go into this movie and, like, go into the Alex Jones archives and cut him into this movie talking to her. No, because he would yell at her, and, like, she's very... <laughs> but that's what's so great. I know. That's why I want it, Mikey. <laughs> they took your kids! They took my children. <laughs> well, your children are going to be eating the protein-packed apocalypse collection from my web store. Like, that's what it would be. I would love it so much. I can't believe people actually listen to that, dude. <laughs> Anyway, so she is going to undergo hypnosis to try and recover repressed memories of who killed her husband. Yeah. Are we going to do the repressed memory talk now or should we wait? We're going to we're going to have to. OK, we're gonna yeah, let's just do it now. To. Here is my opinion, my professional opinion. Yeah, let's say professional because you are a mental health my professional. unprofessional opinion. My <laughs> unprofessional opinion. So, I mean, you can repress traumatic memories. Yeah. This is a thing. This happens. Your body does this. It's a, it's a coping skill. It's a trauma response. It's a trauma response. Absolutely. Now, hypnosis. 
recovering memories, things like that. Very dangerous. Also, there's other ways to treat trauma that I think are more evidence-based effective. Oh, and uh, recovering memories is very dangerous because it's easy to be suggestive or lead someone down a path and create false memories or bring up memories that you that a therapist doesn't know how to deal with. As you can see in this film, where she literally breaks a man's back, and then with her uh, mind, yeah, with her mind, I'm not a big hypnosis guy. I'm more of like an evidence based practice guy, and especially with repressed memories and trauma, I, I would just be very, very careful if you like go to a therapist and like this is what they decide to do because it seems like she's just a hypnotherapist. Yeah. Well, it seems like every therapist in this movie is only a hypnotherapist, and I was like, that is so troubling. That is Which not good. <laughs> Probably because they got chased out of the continental United States and now they're in a, oh, no. a state with less laws or a, a, like an easier licensure board. I don't know. I'll say this. I'm in therapy. Therapy's great. If my therapist said, all right, now we're going to hypnotize you, I'd be like, all right, cool. I'll see you never. And I would leave. I would walk I out. I think I would do it for like, if I wanted to like stop smoking or like, I would try something like that, like a low stakes kind of deal. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, uh, yeah. you know, I was like, yeah, tell me about who like broke into my house and like kidnapped me. Let's like, let's like really get into that. You think there's an alien plug inside my shoulder and you think the only way we can access the memories that the chip in me implanted that is hidden is by hypnosis. Let's go for it. I mean, once you go, once your therapist leads you down that road, you got, you got to maybe get a new one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, I mean, this is the problem with hypnosis and repressed memories because we did a whole episode on it where there is a documented history of people being falsely accused and falsely imprisoned based on repressed memories that turned out to be implanted memories by yeah. the therapist. Absolutely. It is a huge problem. <laughs> it's a huge problem. Like cuz like smells or situations can trigger trauma. Right. Like a trauma response and you can have flashbacks, you can have memories come up that you did not remember, you know, and that stuff is very real. When you're like going under hypnosis to dig at them, it's very dangerous and you have to be very very careful. Yeah, well, and one of the things we found as we were kind of looking at a couple different studies when we did it is that what often happens is that, let's say you suffer trauma, and especially if you're a child at the time, and then as you grow up, you have a way to recontextualize that memory. Where it's not that the memory was gone, is that you maybe did not understand the full, you know, weight or context of that memory at the time. And so things like that, like, yeah, a smell or a song or something could definitely bring something up. But yeah, when you go digging, that's, you're in a suggestible state. It's not good. I don't know. I hear good things about EMDR for therapy. That's not hypnosis. Though. I know. So I've, d I, yeah. I mean, I've yeah. done EMDR and I've learned a lot about it, but I mean, I've had it done on me and it's evidence-based, research-based, yeah. peer-reviewed, and uh, you reprocess trauma using both hemispheres. I mean, I'm not an EMDR expert by any means necessary. Like you reprocess trauma using both hemispheres of your brain yeah. or whatever. Um, it's, it's proven quite effective. Yeah, but it's evidence-based. Yes. Yeah. That's the important part. Yeah, and you're not like in a hypnotic state. You're just... Let me just put it to you this way. No one does EMDR at children's birthday parties, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but after like a few drinks, I'll like, I'll like do fake, fake psychoanalysis. I'm kidding. <laughs> Why are you uh, drinking yeah. at a kid's birthday party? Why are you not? That actually is fair. We were at a one-year-old's birthday party the last time we were together, and you were drinking. And so was a lot of people. Oh, you weren't the only one. Yeah, I just want that to be clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mikey didn't show up drunk. Where's the baby? We got that one-year-old a fake ID for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got to drive. Where's your little tiny car? Where's your Fisher-Price car? 
<laughs> yeah. So she undergoes hypnosis and she has a very emotional reaction, but she can't see the face of the man that she believed killed her husband. And we also find out in this section that her daughter has essentially developed blindness in response to the trauma of her husband's death. Which I did look that up, and that is a real that's a thing. issue. Yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. a thing. They used to call it hysterical blindness, which I don't think is what they call they it anymore. Did. Because it's, it's not. not hysterical. But they call it something <laughs> else now. I think it's like trauma-induced blindness or something like that. Trauma-induced blindness, or it's also called a conversion disorder. Okay, um, conversion it, disorders. Okay, It can manifest a couple different ways. Like it, uh, Sometimes it manifests in tics and things like that. Okay, uh, It's really common with PTSD. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, because I was like, I was like, she went blind like what's happening and googled it and i was like oh it's less rare for people to like be like mute after trauma and you see that you see that more in movies as well too yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i guess it's because it's trying to be fake but i didn't really see it as a plot of i mean I, I don't understand why they made her do that i don't really see any reason for it either because yeah. she's in the movie for two scenes and then gets stolen so okay pitch She's mute instead of blind, Mm -hmm. and the only time they get her to talk is when she has to describe what happens to her when they come in to see her sleep. Better moving. So she's the one abducted. Yeah. It could all be so creepy. The whole, the whole, con- I, the whole concept of things that can just go into your house and like abduct you is yeah. creepy. Very creepy. Yeah. But more creepy when it's not like a robber or like it's like it's an alien just like come to like exp- like I'm gonna take your toes. <laughs> <laughs> we need them for our experiments. <laughs> I didn't realize Quentin Tarantino was an alien, but that actually makes sense. I didn't know that aliens invented Tenactin, but now it all makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Tenactin. Tenactin. Anyway, so. She, as she's remembering, I thought it was really interesting that they felt the need to insert a sex scene here. Anyone else think that was a little strange? I don't know. Yeah, it was (laughs) weird. I don't know. Like, they immediately jumped to them having sex. Like, the flashback starts with them having sex. My favorite part about it was that they were, like, having sex, having sex, having sex. And then what happened? And she's like, and then we don't see him fall asleep. We don't see them finish or anything. She's just like, cut to, he was stabbed. Yeah, And you're just like, why did we watch the sex part? <laughs> I thought it was a Gone Girl situation at first. Well, since he died of suicide, it must have just been a really, really bad sex. <laughs> no. Oh, no. No. <laughs> no. No. No cuts. That, wow. That's the worst take I've ever heard. <laughs> wow. We can cut that one. We don't have to do a no cuts episode. <laughs> when her husband gets stabbed in her memory, it looks like a chest burster came out. It does. There's blood everywhere. Yeah. And then I was like, are you not going to get up and like help him? Like she's just like laying in bed yelling at him getting stabbed. She's just like finger painting the blood around his torso like it's everywhere. It's everywhere. <laughs> Look at his face, Paige. Look at his face. And Well, and she's like looking directly at whoever stabbed him. And she's like, I don't see it. I can't oh, see it. This reminds me. I'm playing this Xbox game called Outriders. Oh, yeah. Everybody's playing Outriders right now. The the voice of the male protagonist like slips into his impression of Buffalo Bill when like, you're in the game. So he'll be like, I'll have to go find the aliens and go get them. And I'm like. This is so, he's like, it puts the lotion on its That's skin. the worst Buffalo Bill I've ever heard. <laughs> I, I honestly forgot it. what Buffalo Bill he sounded like. I can't do it. He sounds just like him, and I keep laughing so hard because he like says weird stuff in the Buffalo Bill voice. Or she like, like a, a big frat frat person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Ted Levine. Wow. He's got the craziest voice. Monk, I don't know what you've been doing with all these creases. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, he's like, it's this kind of like back of the throat, front of the mouth. He's like, I've got to go get the battery for that from the aliens and bring it back. <laughs> and I'm like, is this this is my character? Like, this is me. Oh, can I have a, a combo meal? <laughs> what a bad day. You sound like Bane. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how many times at work during COVID did I say no one cared who I was until I put on the mask? <laughs> I feel like the answer is too many. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I apologize to the world. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll call you if I see anything. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just wanted to tell you two that because no one else would laugh at that joke. I'm just like laughing at myself in front of the Xbox. I'm like, I don't like my character being Buffalo Bill and like another planet. <laughs> When humanity's about to die. What what why is the insurgency attacking us? Why is the insurgency attacking us? <laughs> yeah, you do such a good job. We've gotta get someone to submit a review and make you do the Buffalo Bill voice, Mikey. Because, uh, my God. It's weird that I can do that. Okay. Now imagine it in the bedroom. <laughs> oh Paige, that is where I'm imagining it. Get me that pool noodle. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Holy I'll, shit. I'll go get I'll, I'll get the lube. Um okay. <laughs> I want to do like a role play with you, Paige. I'll be like, do you think we could be Facebook official? Uh, I, Just <laughs> uh, I think it's part of a big step. <laughs> but but I feel like you're like ashamed of being with me. Buffalo Pill. Uh, I th- I think maybe after this date we should just say goodbye, horses. <laughs> <laughs> I do love it in this role play. Mikey's the one getting ghosted, but it's by Buffalo Bill. <laughs> by Buffalo Bill. <laughs> I feel like you've thrown me down a dark pit <laughs> of despair. Okay, so uh, she finger paints blood all over, and yes. she can't see the face of the man who killed her husband. Right, and. Uh, her therapist pulls her out of the trance-like state, and he basically is like, hey, I feel like you need to stop blaming yourself for this. You couldn't have stopped it. It was a bad thing that happened. It's not your fault. Yeah, all of that is great. Yeah. I think he probably should have mentioned that he killed, like... Well, that. See, that's one of many frustrations with me about the end of this movie, is, like, if he knew, my only thinking was that maybe he did not know. In my mind, he doesn't know, because he only yeah. knows what she tells him, right. and she probably told him that he was murdered. We just don't know by who. Oh, uh, okay, right. that makes more sense. And he's not in Alaska. Like, he is wherever... He is, but he's not in her hometown. Yeah. He's in Anchorage because she does mention that she had flown to Anchorage and then flew back. We see her fly back. Yeah. Which also I was like, she's a pilot. We're not going to talk about this. Okay, cool. That's the only way in and out of Nome page is to fly. Yeah, I know that's true. And there are many places in Alaska like that. But I was just like, I expected her to just hop on a puddle jumper with like somebody else flying. The fact that she was just like, yes, I have a plane and I do fly myself was, I mean, it's not that I don't believe she's capable of it as much as I was like, I feel like the movie should explain this, maybe. <laughs> maybe she murdered her husband for the insurance money. <laughs> and her husband was Josh Lucas from Sweet Home Alabama, and he's got that plane that lands on the uh-huh. lake by his uh-huh. house. How dare she? Anyway, the therapist tells her to take time off, and she's like, no, I'm not going to. I have to finish the study because it meant a lot to my late husband, and he would want me to finish it. Right. She flies home. So was he a mental health professional, too? 
Yes, he is. That would make her his custodian of records. So she would have access to all of that and she would have a legal obligation to maintain his records for the next seven years. But like, okay. she wouldn't necessarily immediately take over all of his patients, though. They would have the choice whether they wanted to continue yeah. with her or seek therapy with somebody else. I got the impression they were tag teaming those patients. That's unethical. Because they were doing a study together. Mikey, not that kind of tag team. Okay, okay. Tag <laughs> me. Uh, I thought that might be the case as well. The only thing that is a little confusing if they are tag teaming those patients is who's bringing the condoms. No. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it, if they are tag teaming those patients, why did she not know that he had reached out to that other author later on? A uh, doctor, I should say. Um, I got that the reason for that was because he was starting to lose his mind. Mm. Like we see so many of the patients lose their mind because the aliens had already come for him. Yes. And I think that's what her delusion kind of fleshes out into. Yeah. Which, again, remove the pseudo-documentary from it, and that's a very scary thought. If I was remaking this movie, I would have her understand that he had died by suicide because she has a section kind of at the end when they tell her about it and she's like, I'm a therapist. I I would have seen it. I would have known. But that's not true. Yeah, exactly. You can never know what's going on in somebody's head. So for her to grapple with that grief, I think, is way more interesting and for her to like not want to accept it and that's what kind of leads her down this road makes it a more interesting movie yes i 100 percent agree with you and i just want to say to everyone listening is if you have someone in your life who dies by suicide sometimes you can't see it coming and, and like you yeah. can check on people as much as you want but you can't blame yourself if you live with someone and that happens that they die by suicide and you and you think i should have seen it coming you know i should have known i know them better but you just you don't know this is why you check on people and like you cannot blame yourself if they if they don't tell you right you don't know what's going on in somebody else's head right there's no i mean there there are things to look for but if they're not there they're not there at every time i mean just right i don't know yeah todd edited that to make it sound like really good no cut <laughs> we cut to we find out that it's two months after her husband's death and she's basically seeing clients again because she wanted to get some normality back yeah or money. One of the two. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but she definitely got his insurance money, so. Yeah, she's doing right. So, she drives into town, she gets to her office, and her assistant, her administrative assistant, tells her that she doesn't have messages, but Scott is waiting for her, and then she has a one and a two o'clock. So, we basically go right into her session with Scott, where she's asking him how he's been sleeping he tells her that he wakes up almost every night and just kind of lies there from 2.30 to 3 a.m. And she asks if there's anything specifically waking him up. And he says, well, there's an owl outside her window. And then we get kind of a cut between two or three different patients that are all like, yeah, there's an owl. It doesn't fly away. I've seen it before. I saw it as a kid. I see it every time it goes to bed. I think it came inside, but the window wasn't open. And I remember it looking down on me over my bed, but that would be impossible. It's really hard to remember, almost like it didn't happen, kind of like a dream. Yeah. And we end on Tommy, who kind of gives her the most information about the owl. And she says, can you come see me again tomorrow? And he says, well, do you think it's important? She says, I do think it's important. It's nothing to be alarmed at, but there are some strange coincidences here. Uh, You're not the first patient I've had who's experienced something like this, which I felt was a bit of a breach of 
No, I mean, as long as she doesn't share any personally yeah, identifying information, it's not a breach of HIPAA. I thought that yeah. too. Yeah. It is sort of on the line, but she's not giving any personal identifying information. Yeah, you have to be very careful in that situation because it's such a small town. So like any yeah. like little detail could potentially violate HIPAA. But but that's like when I see someone who like is suicidal or having suicidal thoughts or has a plan or something. I'm just like you know I've seen a few people who've been through your situation. This this and this happened to them, and they've had this. They've had the same thoughts as you, or like something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Okay, so we cut to her driving, and this is where she picks up her daughter from school, and we find out that no one at school believes her daughter. They think that she's faking it. Faking the blindness, yeah. Faking the blindness. And what's really crazy is she's like, yeah, they said they said that I'm faking it so that they'll feel sorry about me because of daddy. And I'm like, if your dad was murdered, because at this point in the film, we think it's murder. Yeah. They should feel sorry for you anyway. Like, your dad was murdered. <laughs> like, that's a reason to feel sorry for somebody. Yeah, I think that's why they're so annoyed with her. Because, what? <laughs> because, like... Because she doubled down. Doubled down. Oh, Jeez. because her, she lost her dad and her sight? Oh, no. I, but you're you're right. That's a joke. You're right, Paige. They should feel sorry for her anyway. And show they should feel sorry for her anyway. I love when Mikey's jokes uh, get a reaction from Paige and I that is more shock than laugh. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes I forget that, like, my work humor is, like, too dark. (laughs) Sometimes I go too dark. I love it. Never change, man. (laughs) So they pull up to their house, and we go to dinner, at which point it's, like, the first time we ever learn that she has another kid. Yeah, I was surprised. I was like, who the fuck is this kid? He's the kid who's been paying the bills for the last two months. Like, he's, like, doing all the things. (laughs) This kid purely exists to be the only adult in this household. Yeah. Uh, He's also just a sarcastic jerk Every time he's on screen, <laughs> like, yes. the, this kid is like, you didn't remember my game. Dad always remembered. Which, can I just say, that's a real shitty thing to do to someone whose husband just died. Right. Well, and. Uh, well, like, he was murdered. Okay, okay, let's go with both scenarios here. He's either murdered in their bedroom right after they had sex. Maybe he's a little suspicious about his mom. Sure, sure, sure. Other dad dies by suicide, going through a lot of trauma. Yeah, no, I'm not. I Listen, I understand. I'm just saying it's a horrible thing to say to your mom whose husband just died. Unless you murdered him. Well, yeah, unless you murdered him. Uh, but what <laughs> I do think is interesting is like going back now, knowing what we know about the end, when he says how dad died and she's like, what's wrong with you? Like, how dare you bring this up? And I think the kid knows that his father died by suicide. I think so, too. And so- because she says, let's talk about this later, not in front of Ashley. And then he's just like, no, we're going to talk about it now because I'm the adult here. Yeah, so he ends up kind of stomping off, and she ends up kind of, like, cuddling Ashley, and they kind of, like, I think she tries to comfort Ashley. It made me wonder if Ashley doesn't know that her dad died by suicide. Had she not, like... Oh, she knows. I mean, she knows he's dead, but, I mean, there's one point in this movie where she hears his voice on a tape, and she walks in, like, expecting for him to be alive, which was real sad to me. Yeah, it's That it's broke my heart. strange. Yeah, because yeah. she was like, oh, my sight's come back. I can see again. And then she walked in, and it was a YouTube video, and she's like, I'm blind again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mikey. Uh, Man, I am dark today, and I, I'm dark. sorry. Yeah. But that is the scene where she's reviewing Will's notes and she's listening to him. And this is where we're hearing about the sleep disorders throughout Gnome and over 300 people have the same symptoms all at 3 a.m. And this is the kind of stuff where I'm like, if we could have dug into this, this is such a more interesting story. I thought that's what we were getting. And I was like on board for it. Yeah. Yeah. 
So they kind of cuddle on the bed and she's like, no, dad's gone. But then we cut to her appointment with Tommy the next day. Yeah. She's about to do hypnosis with him as well. They get into the hypnosis session and they start talking about the owl. He basically is like, I don't remember the owl. I don't remember what it looks like. I don't see the owl now. It's not there anymore. But his eyes open and he's like, there's something outside the door. The door's opening. Oh, no. He has a full freak out. Yeah. And she has to pull him out of the trance-like state. Yeah. And basically tells him, like, it's a memory. It's not real. It's not real. And he's like, it is real. He wakes up and he is not right. I can't believe she let him go home. No, right. me either. No, I mean, he literally just like kick flipped her end table with the lamp on it, right? It was an ollie. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. So he's like Tony Hawking all over her furniture. And then she's like, right. yeah, you're definitely in a good state to go home. Yeah. Well, and, and he basically at some point he's like, I just need to get out of this room. I need to go home. I'm OK. And she asks, are you trying to convince me or you? Which I don't think that's good to ask someone in a therapy session. <laughs> if I'm going to be honest, I think it sounds a little snooty. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Who are you trying to convince, Mikey? Who are you going to trust? Uh... <laughs> Michael Rappaport. Actually, don't trust Michael Rappaport. Did something happen? In Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought he, something like happened in real life where he did Oh, no. Bad. I honestly don't know what he's done post Deep Blue Sea. So if something's happened since then, I have no idea. I thought like maybe he like kidnapped someone or something. I was like, I was like oh, no. Did he do something? Uh, so he says to her, can we talk about this next time? And she's like, yeah, of course. Sure. Which, Mikey, if somebody is in emotional distress and is like, I'm not going to talk about it, I'll talk about it next time, do you just, like, let them go home? Well, in my situations, they're usually in a crisis, so there's, like, an option to, like, involuntarily commit them. In this situation, and I'm not a hypnosis expert, but if someone's, like, really upset, they abruptly stop it and he leaves. I think there needs to be at least, like, a 10 to 20 minute, like, let's recenter. Like, tell me yeah. what you're feeling. You know, the, those like mm-hmm. a nice little debrief here. But instead, she's like, okay, I guess you can go home. Yeah. Which seemed a little odd. But the whole thing is like, that's why, I, I don't know, I'm not a big believer in like just solid hypnosis therapy. Yeah. I was not impressed with her as a therapist, which I didn't have that lens when I first watched the movie. I'm like, <laughs> wow, she's terrible. Yeah. She, she didn't yeah. reflect any feelings at all. No. I mean, I've had some like heavy, heavy therapy sessions where about 20, 25 minutes before I was going to go, like they would start to slow down what we were talking about and like recenter to something that's more positive And like, you know, so I wasn't leaving in a very, very sad, depressed state. Yeah. yeah. And she uh, did none of that. She was like, oh, you're at your lowest point ever. Cool. Have fun with your wife and kids. Bye. Like when Bye. I did EMDR, even the last part of, was like recentering and like making sure I'm OK, you know, and yeah. like that, that was all. And that was just EMDR. I forgot how she grounded me, but I mean, it was like bring me back to the present and like make sure I'm OK and like check in and like relax. So, I mean, yeah, at least they did that for me. This person, when she was like, all right, one hundred twenty five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I guess you can go, but leave your check. Yeah. Yeah. We cut to a 911 call. From Tommy's wife, basically implying that he is armed and dangerous and things are very bad. 
And then we cut to video of Tommy's house, which is allegedly police footage. And he's yelling that he wants to talk to Abby. He's holding his family hostage. So the sheriff calls her. She gets there and she tries to talk him down and doesn't. <laughs> yeah, which is that's exactly why you don't put her on the phone. I also yeah. was surprised. I mean, it would take a while for her to get out of bed, get over there as quickly as possible. Like mm-hmm. that's like 20, 30 minutes of him. Like right. in a standoff with police. You know, I was surprised right. it lasted that long. But Mikey, I, I know some of them can take like a long, long time. I have no idea. But still, like that seemed crazy to me. Oh, every standoff I've been on has been hours. Oh, yeah. okay. So that that is not necessarily crazy. That's, Fair enough. Yeah. Usually they're hours. The longest I've been on is like two days. Okay. Uh, but I mean like. That is nuts, but okay. Generally, you have someone on scene that they're talking to, and that's like a point person. And then, like, so, I mean, he's t- he, he would be talking to at least one officer for half an hour until the sheriff got there. Yeah. Until the other police officers got there. You probably had negotiators come. Then the negotiators would take over. And the negotiators would, the officer who gave point would probably introduce him to the negotiator. And then the, at that point, the negotiators are in charge of their interactions. And then you have, you would have SWAT coming out, securing the perimeter. And then, like, SWAT and negotiators are separate. They don't, like, like. Negotiators will try to negotiate At least how it works here the Negotiators try to negotiate till they can't anymore And then tactical is the last resort And they operate independently Yeah So like until negotiations call it Tactical is just keeping a lid on it Keeping everything contained Yeah But like generally They're not going to be like Oh go get his counselor and put him on Because like you know Yeah I guess my question was Like at what point do the Negotiators and SWAT team on scenes Like turn over everything To the person's like therapist Never That's a <laughs> no, bad idea I know Yeah it's a terrible idea. Like, I've been point person before a few times, but I've never been that person's therapist. I was just, like, on scene and the first person they talked to, and it just was, like, something that just naturally developed. It wasn't like, hey, I want to talk to Michael. Yeah. yeah. I love that part of my job. But, I mean, because, like you can see in this situation, he got to say what he wanted to say, and then he did what he wanted to do. Yeah. And then you would use it as, like, a negotiation chip. Like, well, you can talk to her, maybe, or we can get her up here if you can, like, let your daughter go or let your wife go. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And what he ends up asking her, because she does basically try to talk him out of it, he asks her, Zimabu Eater, what does it mean? And she doesn't know. I mean, that's not, like, she doesn't speak what we will find out later is Sumerian. Like, it doesn't make sense. And she doesn't answer fast enough, and so he shoots everyone in the house, including himself. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. It's It's very brutal. Looks very loyalistic, yeah. Then she is questioned by the police. Now, would that happen? Probably. I bet it would. Yeah. Because what the what the sheriff ends up asking her is basically like, would this have happened if he had not been put under hypnosis? And <laughs> I don't think the sheriff would ever ask that. question. I mean, like, I don't think the sheriff knows enough about therapy to ask that question. But I mean, like, if they're investigating a murder suicide, I think they would find out that he came directly from his therapist appointment. They would definitely interview her and subpoena the records. Well, and she was yeah. already there. Like, they would definitely be like, hey, why don't you come yeah. back to the station and we can just like debrief some of this? Yeah. It may not happen. In that setting where she's like in an interrogation room and he's like, hey, so you caused this, right? Like, I don't think that vibe would be what's going on, but it probably would happen. But as I have said earlier, they're not supposed to do that. So like, they're kind of (laughs) CYNA right there. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you did this. Yeah. This is where I started to really think about her mental health and wondering if like Let's, for argument's sake, say that she is not of sound mind, which we kind of know because she does not accept her husband's death by suicide. If 
someone with that level of power of suggestion because she is hypnotizing people is essentially creating false memories that people believe i think it would be difficult to do in one session but like is there a version of this where this is her fault you know like i know that's a real slippery slope and crazy Mm. thing to ask but like if you are implanting memories that are not true like at what point are you responsible Okay, I think she would be very – ooh, man, this is a good question. This is a very good question. This is like a work question. I think she would definitely be liable in a civil court yeah. if it was a civil yes. case. Yeah, yeah, And then yeah. I think it would be harder in a criminal case. But I also think she would be liable in like a licensure standpoint with like a licensure complaint or an ethics complaint. Yeah, yeah she might lose her license. Because yeah, it's right. very rare for like this stuff to happen. Like did you guys listen to that Dr. Death podcast yeah. and all that stuff? Yes, that? It's a great yeah, podcast. So like yeah. he went to jail. But like that's very rare. Yeah. Interesting. I was just thinking about it as I was going because I know one of the ones we covered on Satanic Panic, Dr. Lawrence Pazder, who essentially created false memories with his client, Michelle Smith, who they were also having a sexual relationship at the time. Yeah, there's some ethical concerns there. Quite a few. And he was called as like a expert witness uh, for a number of cases in which a lot of those cases have now been overturned because those people were found to be not guilty because it was all implanted memories and dude never served a day in his life and i'm just like is there recourse for something like that but maybe in civil court but not not yeah. criminal yeah, and you can be sued for malpractice but not if the result ended up murdering your whole family who's gonna sue you well i mean she has other clients later in this movie that don't kill themselves in their family they, they just break their back and are paralyzed forever so those people have claims for sure i believe it would be very hard to prove that she broke your back during therapy well no because she tampered with the tape that she was taking so you can't tell what actually happened that's true that's true my thinking with that one is that if everyone was there because his wife is there the other doctor is there the camera's there and and the other doctor that they bring in is there so they've got like three doctors in the room and his wife and not a single one of them will corroborate her story that's when i was like oh it's not happening yeah like oh this is all in her head somehow but anyway thanks for uh letting me ask all those random questions yeah no no thanks this has been this has been a fun thank you for making me act serious for once so <laughs> essentially what they come down to in this interrogation scene is that he may have shot his entire family based on something that was imaginary but he believed it to be real and that's kind of her sticking point and that's where the sheriff is kind of like so that's on you right yeah then the sheriff is like, well, why didn't you contact us if you thought he was unstable? And this is where she's like, he was coherent. I called his wife and now she's dead too. Like, I think this comes back to the question of should she have let him go home? Probably not. But again, I think there's probably many times where people thought someone was okay and let them go home and they weren't okay because you can't always predict what people are thinking. You're not psychic. Yeah. And she then launches into, well, you still haven't found out who killed my husband. And this is where the sheriff is like, you know who killed her. <laughs> like, this, what are you talking about? That case is closed. Yeah. And she's just like, we didn't find the real killer. And he tells her to stop her hypnosis study, which now, hindsight's twenty twenty. he knows that her husband died by suicide. So at this point... I do not understand why he did not take further steps to either have her seek more help, maybe commit her, 
or whatever because she is obviously delusional. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man. She is seeing a therapist in Anchorage. In fact, he quickly flies up to Nome, Alaska to be with her. Which is also weird. It is also weird. You cannot be friends with your clients. In Alaska... It's what we would call an underserved population where there's right. fewer therapists than than there are people that they could treat. So I could understand that he is maybe the next closest therapist. That is possible, which yes. would mean that either she would have to go there or he would have to come to her. And Anchorage is a big city. There are other, other therapists around. I would not be, you know, if this is maybe the police called him in. It didn't strike me as strange that he comes there, especially for only a couple days. The thing that I do find is strange is that they have somebody displaying delusional behavior and they're just like, no more hypnosis for you. That's it. That's all they I, do. I could see a sheriff doing that. I think her therapist is like very bad. Yeah. Because yeah. he's knowingly letting her practice on other people. That's what I think is insane because she is having issues with reality. I don't know what yes. the technical term is, but her therapist is like, yeah, why don't you lead some more therapy trauma hypnosis sessions? That sounds great. I'll observe. Yeah. And I'm like, no, she should be out at this point, you know? Yeah. And he does. He's like, you should take time off. No, 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 no. It shouldn't be her decision. He should have said. You need to take time off. I, I'm going to have to report you yes. to the licensure board because I don't think you're in a good place to practice. I don't. I don't yeah. think you're going to be practicing efficiently. You right. could be harming people. Yes, and and which she does inevitably. She does. <laughs> yeah. if, if the end of this movie is to be believed, yes, she harms all of her patients. It's bad. So she's been asked not to hypnotize people by the sheriff. She goes home, and she's recording her own notes of feeling responsible for the family's death. I don't know why he did it. And then she talks about how all of the patients reported seeing the same owl, but the memory of the owl was wrong. And I'm wondering if others would feel the same way if they were hypnotized. But we have to proceed with extreme caution. And she says that it remains unexplained like Will. And so when she says it remains unexplained like Will, her husband, what she means is right. it is very explainable. Everyone knows what's going on, but I don't get it. Right. <laughs> or, okay. or I refuse to believe. Sure. It, yeah. Which at the end of this movie, she admits that that is what happened and she refused to believe it. Yeah. But then is like, but everything else is definitely true. And I'm just like. What? Uh, she's like, so I was wrong about that one thing. But I mean, like, uh, the rest of this is totally legit. Huh? <laughs> Fine. Fine. Uh, so her psychologist comes to see her. And as they walk into her office, she hands her tape recorder to her administrative assistant and asks her to transcribe it. They go into her office and he's trying to get her to take time off. And she basically is like, no, I need to finish this because I've actually kind of like stumbled upon something. Yeah. And we need to kind of keep investigating. And so he basically says, okay, but I'm going to monitor your sessions, which again, he should be reporting her to the board. But what he, what he should have said is, uh, the point of therapy is not investigate. Yeah. You're not a detective. Yeah. You can't just experiment on people's psyches to like m learn more about the, what's going on in the community. Yeah. We cut to Scott, her first 
patient from earlier who's back and they knew the man who died by suicide and killed his family the night before and so they basically said this is the second death by suicide in a few months we need to know if there's something i'm not remembering and they sort of demand to like get information about what happened in the session and she actually does sort of say like i can't talk about it and then she like sort of talks about it a little bit but But then she's like but do you want to do it the same thing that we did with them yeah it's such a rush man he asks her to do it and i just have in my notes this is a recipe for false memories she's like the needful things of therapy I can see that. But yeah, she does sort of like say no at first. And then she's like, Mm -hmm. okay, okay. Because they sort of push the the fact. They're like, no, to get through this, I'm going to have to face it. We have talked about this. We being him and his wife. And she's like, fine. But the only way I'll agree to do this is if we have my therapist, which she doesn't say that. But that's who ends up coming in and observes, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Yeah. They start the hypnotism session. And he goes through the same steps of like that's not an owl there is no owl what is it there's something outside the door and he gives her a little bit more where they come all the time since he was little they get in without setting off the alarm and he's kind of gurgling and she wakes him up and he vomits and he basically tries to explain what they are and he's like i saw them they're not from here i can't describe it i can't see what's in my mind All I see is the owl, but I know it's not an owl. They're Yankees. They ain't from here. You're literally in the most northern part of the U.S. (laughs) talking in a southern accent. Only one thing could be more Yankee from than Alaska. Aliens. Yeah, because they're up. Yep, because they're up. You know what, Mikey? I apologize. You know what's above the Mason-Dixon line? Space. Space. (laughs) Outer space. I do declare, Mike, yeah, that is yeah. some sound reasoning. <laughs> Unless aliens are tulpas and therefore interdimensional beings, and so it's not necessarily up as much as it is a different layer of reality that we can't see. What are we, Indiana Jones <laughs> for right now? Come on! We can't get into it. I do like the aliens in this movie because it just implies that they're just like total dicks and like don't even have a purpose besides to just fuck with you. They also might not exist in this movie. Like, I have some real yeah. thoughts about that. I did too. Uh, these people could not speak so Marion, okay. She does at the end on but, video. But the other people, the other people. Unless she's implanting memories. Yeah. I will say the reason they use owls, and at, we have to talk about it at some point. If you're super into UFOs, you'll know this. It's why the owls are not what they seem in Twin Peaks. It's why owls are frequently used in UFO stuff. There is a strange pattern of people who claim to have been abducted seeing owls. Who? Who has claimed that? <laughs> who? Every, like, almost everyone who's been aduc- abducted, and even people who live in places where owls are not common, uh, will often report owls. And they usually link it with people who believe they've been abducted by greys, which are like standard alien, quote unquote. Garden variety, yeah, alien. Garden yeah. variety alien, uh, in because their face looks very much like the eyes of an owl, as this movie kind of plays with a little bit so that's why they focus so heavily on the owls because that's like a real thing and i think they were trying to add like that extra measure of realism to it yeah also he mentions that they smell like putrid cinnamon that's something that's been mentioned by a handful of people who claim to have encountered grays i wondered about that because it was oddly specific what does putrid cinnamon smell like? It's it's kind of sour and spicy at the same time. Like a stripper named cinnamon? <laughs> oh, 
Oh, Mikey. Wow, you were having a night. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm here for it, though. You know how if you smell too much cinnamon? Yeah. Like, if you just, like, sniff a whole thing of cinnamon? It's not so much spicy as much as it is sour. It, like, goes all the way across the, like, taste spectrum. I don't know. But many, many people have described, like, putrid, like, rotting smells, like, rotting, like, lettuce and rotting cinnamon. Ugh. Yeah. And he claims that they had voices inside his head, like they're interconnected. Yeah, like telepathy. Yeah, like telepathy. And he says that they take him away, but I don't remember where I go. And then I come back. And under the circumstances, she says she's going to contact the sheriff. And then he adds, I know why Tommy did what he did, which is like... Uh, creepy it's real creepy i guess being taken is terrifying i guess there was a part of me that's like i don't understand why that was the end result and i feel like it yeah. i was comfortable with that just being tommy's reaction and there are things that we don't understand about what's going through his head when he right i'd have been like experiences that. i know why they did what they did move to an apartment building full of people yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all this town really needs is one Liam Neeson and all this shit gets solved. What oh, <laughs> I have is a very particular set of skills. Hunting graves. Because <laughs> you're transmitting into space. Oh. <laughs> and he basically claims that what he's what he has seen is the worst that you could ever imagine. Basically implying that the reasoning behind dying by suicide is to just escape something worse than you could ever imagine and to spare other people from it but the movie doesn't really delve into that and what we eventually see of the abduction it's creepy but like they're like it's so horrible and you're like we should see it then maybe <laughs> or like i need more information about it and we sort of do but also not really a lot of it yeah i do feel like that's where the movie falls a little flat for me is that we don't really get some of that super scary stuff, which I was grateful for, but I feel like if you don't like this movie, that's probably why. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They decide that they're going to go home, and at this point in my notes, I was like, or why not a hospital? Like, why didn't we do, like, <laughs> maybe a hospital observation? Like, they are clearly not great, and they're just like, yeah, go ahead and go home. Do you remember what happened last time this happened? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, did you learn nothing from the guy who went home and, like, committed familiacide or whatever it's called? It's a very good word. Yeah. Yeah, uh, It's there is a name for it. I mean, Family Annihilator is, is the yeah, true well, crime name for it. Yeah. yeah, which is, like, sucks for that great 80s wrestler, Family the Annihilator. The Family <laughs> Annihilator? <laughs> oh, yeah, brother. <laughs> I'm going to come into your house. No, I'm going to punch no. your mom in the throat. And I'm going to pile drive your brother and sister. I'm yeah. going to get really anxious about finances and then buy a gun and hide it. <laughs> oh, no. That got too real, Paige. That got too oh, real. Ye, no. Oh, kids. Make sure you know the signs and symptoms. Because <laughs> the family annihilator is coming for you. <laughs> Did dad lose his job six months ago, but didn't tell anybody? <laughs> yeah, that's, does dad seem like he's about to snap into a Slim Jim? <laughs> so at this point, she talks to her therapist and is like, do you believe in abduction theories? And he's like, no, but I'm still going to let you practice for some reason. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> well, he's like kidnapping. And she's like, no, I mean, like full on alien shit. And he's like, oh, no, oh, okay, but okay. I'm fine with you having those thoughts. And still continuing to do your job. I would like to start asking you to pay cash up front. 
this is what really bothered me uh-huh. because she she has already displayed behavior based on delusions and now she is coming from a place where within these scenes she demonstrates that she fully believes in alien abductions which is your right to do but coupled with the delusion she's now approaching this where that's her first theory yeah that's what she's leading with she should not be practicing at that point like agreed it's bad yeah and he basically says to her okay but there's a lot of evidence that disprove abductions most of the time and we need to base things on facts and as they walk out of the office her assistant is like I don't know what this tape is, and I don't want to listen to it again. Yeah, why did you make me listen to this? And I got to be honest with you, man. I hated this part so much. Yeah, I cannot believe she gave her assistant a tape of her masturbating. (laughs) 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 Wow, Mikey, you are having a night. (laughs) I'm here for it. What's that buzzing sound in the bottom of the tape? (laughs) Did you get that? (laughs) (laughs) so the the tape has heavy breathing winky blinky Uh, (laughs) the door creaks because she gotta leave the door open girl i'ma leave the door open no you have two kids in the house you lock that door it's only one kid that 12 year old's got a job and he's he's driving to work every day (laughs) he's got mortgages to pay man uh, there's groaning and screaming. So yeah. apparently he was like it's a good old time. He's hitting it good. And uh, there's this otherworldly unknown voice in a language that is not English. Yeah, sometimes that happens when you're really into a page. Like I get it. <laughs> yeah, just her eyes roll back and <laughs> whip out the Sumerian. Like some people dirty talk, and she breaks out ancient Sumerian. <laughs> Ooh, talk Sumerian at me, baby. Well, you guys, you have not pleasured a woman until she starts speaking ancient Sumerian. Oh, listen. I guarantee you, ladies, I will talk in tongues. Oh, Todd, Uh, no. no. Todd, what you have to do is you have to learn where to find her Rosetta Stone. (laughs) (laughs) My my question, because this tape is loud it is and so like she listens to it and she listens back to it a couple times to try and figure out what's going on yeah she's trying to relive the sensation yeah and all i mean make it tape who does i mean make it tape ladies let's do this really gets you uh so (laughs) my question was how did her two children not hear this they would have yeah no i mean there's no explanation for that page because they fully would have And if she left the door open, which you hear the door creaking, they would have come in. Like, I assumed it was the daughter coming in. And thank goodness she's blind and didn't see what her mom was doing. (laughs) She was like, Mom, what's happening? Yeah. It sounds like you're fixing the sink. (laughs) By that, do you mean she was laying pipe? (laughs) She's like, what are you doing with my pool noodle? (laughs) (laughs) but this is where i was like this tape isn't real right because her children would have heard this happening okay that's fair but what bothers me about that is she listens to this tape the first time in front of her therapist casey jones yeah that's my problem with a lot of the like quote-unquote actual audio portions of this movie is that that tape is not explained it would have woken up her children but it didn't it would have 
like her children would have walked in on this. Well, unless they were abducting all of them or whatever. Unless they abducted all of them or if they actually exist on our plane of existence, but in a different dimension. And so they're not actually taking her anywhere. And this is taking place in a different form of our reality, but we don't have time to get into it. And so maybe, but the movie doesn't explain that at all. So her kids don't hear it. But everyone else can. Right. And then her kids don't seem perturbed by her listening to it over and over and over again in the house where we know that they can hear tapes because her little girl came in when she thought she was hearing her dad's voice. And her dad's voice was not nearly that loud, which is common I, from what I understand. I mean, sometimes you just got to like stick a finger in and see how loud you can get. You I can cut it. that. No, I, I like it. That. No, no, that's hilarious. <laughs> She's not wrong. Anyway, she then tries to piece together what's happening on the tape. And she basically, quote unquote, discovered. And she's talking about this as if it's, quote unquote, facts. But it's just her conjecture. Right. So something came into her room. She has a weird mark on her back. She says that she fought it. But then they tried to take her away. And then she found scratches on the floorboards. Which, again, kids didn't wake up to it. And how is how are you just now noticing scratches on your floorboards <laughs> like huge scratches from you being like mm-hmm. clawing your way to the door? Right. Well, it depends if you're a detail. Like, are you a type A or a type B? Yeah, there's no way yeah. after helping Mikey move out of his apartment into his house. There's no way Mikey would have noticed that. So she tries to analyze the language on the tape and determines that it's not a human language that she knows, um, but she thinks it might be Sumerian. Uh, So she calls a number from a book that she finds on her husband's desk. 1-800 Sumerian. (laughs) 1-800 Ancient Sumerian. And I am going to try my absolute best to pronounce this character's name correctly. Awaloa Odusami. Okay. What I thought was pretty fun is that Mila Jovovich doesn't try. No. <laughs> He's just like, you sound white. Uh, it's this. <laughs> Are you John's wife? Oh, God. <laughs> I will say, for a guy who memorizes every number that comes through his caller ID, he, he, it seems pretty normal. Uh, well, I wondered if... And I guess this is, we don't know what kind of phone he's answering on. And I guess this is pre-smartphone to a degree. iPhones came out in 2007. Okay. So in my mind, she called and the number popped up as John. Yeah. We had caller ID before smartphones. Oh, way before that. Yeah. Caller ID was like mid 90s. Yeah. So she asks if he knew her husband and he's like, who's speaking? And she hangs up. He calls back and is like, yeah, a guy called me from here saying his name was John. And he was curious about language lessons. And she says, that was my husband. He's been murdered. And according to how did we do the flipped Mila Jovovich name again? Yila Movovich. So Yila Movovich, <laughs> uh, in in the quote unquote real interview, is like right. he listens to me and heard me out and flew to Nome, and he identifies the language as Sumerian, and he is trying to kind of translate portions of it, and they can never translate all of the messages, so he's just giving them like. A handful of words here and there, like our creation, examine, ruin, slash destroy. It doesn't make any sense. Right. I mean, but if you heard that tape, something was getting ruined, slash, and or destroyed on that cassette Ladies. tape she was listening to. Yeah. And liking it. <laughs> <laughs> but this is where he's like, what doesn't make sense is the oldest language in the world, essentially, was recorded in your room. 
and also that aliens who are not of this world would be speaking that language. Although they do sort of explain that in a way that I was comfortable with. They explain it the way ancient aliens does. And I'm just here to tell you that just because white people didn't make it doesn't make it fucking aliens, okay? Just, <laughs> just admit that sometimes people in ancient times made cool shit that we don't understand. <laughs> Yeah, Giorgio Sokolos or whatever your name is. Like, forget his name. It's Giorgio Sokolos. And we around my house tend to call him, God, I don't remember it, but it's it's like Ufopolis. <laughs> like, it's some merging of aliens and Greek <laughs> that is offensive. Anyway, there was one episode where he wore a hat instead of his crazy hair. Ruins it. It ruins it for me. I can't finish. here's what was terrible I didn't recognize him at first and I was like who's this Indiana Jones motherfucker and then he took the hat off and I was like oh no oh no and then he pulled a rabbit from it and you were like I'm back in (laughs) back at it back at it I sort of hate that show because it does like you say whitewash history in a very uncomfortable way they're they're just like these primitive people couldn't have moved stones and I'm like but they did all over the world so just accept that they did why does it have to be aliens jeez it wasn't ancient aliens but there was a history show channel that did like a there's no way the Egyptians could have built the pyramids without help from aliens. Yeah. And then it cuts to like a smart man showing you how you could lift one of those stones with two people. He does it, he does it with two people. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. like, no, you just need like the right leverage. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I love that they invested the time and money to get the ancient aliens perspective and then just to disprove it immediately. That was amazing. Well, and there are, there are many models drawn by people that show how they could have done it and that it seems like it was advanced geometry for the time but like you know there were ways for them to figure that out like give them credit yeah (laughs) it's ridiculous absolutely so her therapist is basically like uh okay so are we going all in on aliens right now that's not great and he like turns to her and he's like do you honestly believe that you were forcibly removed from your bedroom by members of an alien race. And before she can be like, yeah, the phone rings and it's Scott and he is freaking out. Yeah. So she comes to Scott's house and he basically is like, last night was the worst it's ever been. And he Heard looks- that before. <laughs> Should have got on that Sumerian tip. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Scott looks terrible. Yeah. And it's 11 o'clock in the afternoon or like in the morning. Like he's still yeah. in bed. He looks terrible. He's had the time of his life with the aliens from... Anyway. How did you get there? I don't know. I think I was just thinking of, like, like he had had such a crazy time that, like, he looks, like, rode hard and put away wet. Like, it's Because bad. when you started singing that, I pictured him holding a gray up over his head. <laughs> <laughs> no one puts gray in a corner. <laughs> but said in Sumerian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, oh, so you know the language. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mikey speaks Sumerian, ladies. I'm good with my tongue. You should, you could say. Uh, so <laughs> she, she's like, "What happened?" And he's like, "I don't want to talk about it, yeah. but I have to." And as he kind of turns, he has a thing on his arm, like she does, but she's the only one who notices it. Um, oh. Just if you're trying to think back of like, is it real? Is it not? So 
They set up the camera and he doesn't want to go under, but she's like, no, we'll do very light hypnosis, <laughs> which like, I think it's just an either or kind of thing. Yeah. I could be wrong. I don't know enough about it, but it does seem like an, like an on or off switch. Yeah. Just like with me, you go in deep or not at all. Oh, wow. my! <laughs> <laughs> you are on tonight in a very real and risky way. And I love it. I'm sorry. I'm I think sorry. it's because you're doing this podcast fully laying down in your bed. <laughs> I don't have any furniture. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I feel like deep is optimistic. Yeah. But, you know. But, like, what is deep besides perspective? <laughs> deep for ants is different than deep for me. But it's... I don't know. Some of those ant tunnels get real deep, Mikey. That's true. Just for you, queen. <laughs> 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 what is happening? What is happening? I to don't me? know. I don't know. Never change. Never change. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh. so this is where it cuts to. It's like half and half, quote unquote, archival footage, dramatized footage, although they're both dramatized. Right. And just as he goes under, he sits up and he makes the freakiest I sound. It. I hated it so I hated much. It. I hate these sounds. Levitates off the bed. He's speaking Sumerian and they're trying to kind of like identify the words as he's doing it. But it just says like respond. No need to pray. I am here. And then he collapses back onto the bed and we cut directly to Mila Jovovich packing and is like, we're going to North Carolina. I love that because it was like, that's how you should handle this. Right. You should see that and be like, OK, everything's real. I'm getting the fuck out of here as fast yeah. as possible. Exactly. As they're packing, her son looks out the window and sees that, like, literally the whole police force has just, like, woo -woo! Well, it's normal Alaska, so it's, like, three people, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is the whole police force, though. You're right. Hootie hoo! And they're, like, right outside the door. <laughs> the owl! And also, she gets a call from her therapist who's like, I'm on my way over. Which is weird. I mean, like, I'm not coming over unless you pay me. <laughs> These hours are billable. Well, yeah. <laughs> With a higher rate because it's after business hours. Yeah, and it's at home care. Yeah. Yeah. So the police are just like, um, you broke Scott's back. And then she's just like, I didn't. They're like, do you have proof that you didn't? And she's just like, the video didn't work. She's like, proof's on the burden of the accuser. <laughs> Which is true. But Casey Jones does come in and say, I was there, she didn't, or whatever, right? Right. But my question was, like, where is Scott's wife? Because she was there when he floated, quote unquote. Yeah, and that is a good reason to leave somebody, I think. When their back breaks? No, because they floated. If they're fully fucking floating around the room, I'm leaving. Well, here's my thing is like, why isn't she like he was fucking floating? Yeah. And we did not discuss safe words beforehand. Mm. We, didn't, we didn't negotiate the floating. If someone's floating around the room, my safe word is the power of Christ compels you. <laughs> the power of Christ compels you. The, the power, power of Christ, Christ compels you. To get out of here, demon, to walk out of this body. I think she took off. I think she left too. I don't think she was super having the marriage to begin with. And then he floated and she's like, I'm going to North Carolina first. <laughs> I'm an unidentified fleeing object. <laughs> I did like that you just mime ran. <laughs> so her therapist gets there and is like, yo, weird shit went down. And they were like, what weird shit? And he was like, 
I can't tell you. No. And I'm like, you're the least helpful helping no one. But he's like, you can't arrest her for something you don't understand. I don't understand why someone would want to wear another person's skin, but we should probably arrest that person. Yeah, like that, that was one of the dumbest things that was said in the whole movie. It's nuts. Uh, but essentially, they put her under house arrest and there's an officer outside the house and she has to stay there while they go question her therapist. And then we cut to... Yila Movovich talking about <laughs> the four yeah. kinds of uh, contact. Number one, or the first kind is UFO. Number two, uh, evidence of alien contact, which would be crop circles, aka rad or radiation. As we know, crop circles pretty much fake. Radiation, pretty real. Yeah. Uh, the third kind, as in close encounters of the third kind, is contact, and the fourth kind, like this movie is abduction. Yes. And that's actually based on a scientist named J. Allen Hynek's famous categories for UFO sightings. So it's a scale that gets used whenever we talk about UFOs. I mean, there are other movies that reference that scale too. Like it's, it's pretty pervasive through pop culture. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. And she's like, it's all connected. The missing people, everything in Gnome, it's happening to other people, but all over the world. And they couldn't know because how can they remember what they're being forced to forget? So, as they're questioning her therapist, the guy stationed outside her house sees a glowing light above the house, and we kind of just see the hint of it on video, on, like, his dash cam. We sort of see, a, like, an orb go above the house. Like, we do see yeah. that, and then it yeah. does the same thing where the guy was levitating. You can't really see the footage because something's interfering with it. Right. Then he basically is like, it's taking them up out of the house, and he calls for backup and they get there and Ashley is missing. And according to Miljovovich, a beam of light came down and they took her into the sky through the ceiling and she couldn't stop it. And they basically heard everyone else out and they're like, Ronnie, Abby, sit down. And Ronnie's like, I didn't see that shit. Where's Ashley? Yeah. <laughs> he sells her down the river immediately. <laughs> that's her son, right? Yeah, yeah, that's her son. It's because he killed his sister, and then if he gets rid of the mom, all the insurance money is his. Yeah, and that's how the Amityville horror happened. Because <laughs> his name is also Ronnie. Anyways. So. <laughs> yeah, just DeFeo in that one, yeah. The Sumerians made me do it. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that when they're like, we're going to take your, this child out of your custody because clearly you can't handle him. And he's just like, yeah, 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 take me, take me. And then, like, she and goes, like, she goes mom, to like, grab. Let me go. Yeah, she goes yes. to grab Ronnie, and Ronnie's like, Mom, let me go. Yeah. I want to leave so bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. And what I thought was really interesting is we get some wild wrestling level excessive force with that chair. Where he just like tosses a chair against a mirror and shatters it. And I'm like, who are you, Detective Stabler? What's going on? <laughs> what is this, uh, Law and Order Organized Crime Division or whatever the new show is? It's like so good though. Okay, so when I couldn't get to sleep last night, I watched the first two episodes. I can't believe Loved it. Kathy Stabler's dead. It's so sad. I know. Anyway. Big shock. Big shock. Spoil Spoiler alert. Spoilers. For Law and Order. If you, have, if you haven't watched it. Oh, I'm so sorry, good, Dick Wolf. Don't, don't. Anyway, after he throws the chair at the mirror, she's like, you still haven't found my husband's killer. And he's like incredulous. Yeah. This is where he's like, we know what happened. What are you talking about? And we cut back to Yila Movovich, who's like, 
they weren't going to be able to find my daughter. I had to find her on her on my own. I had to go directly to the source. So she, I guess, decides that she's going to have her therapist put her under. Yeah. And then she is going to contact the entity. Which is not something we've seen anyone do right. ever in this movie. The fact that she has this thought is insane to me. It's wild. Yeah. But they do it. And well, here's what's wild to me. And this is where things start to really fall apart because her therapist at this point is on board for aliens. Well, I mean, $20 is $20. True. (laughs) Yo, that copay pays bills. You know what I'm saying? He's he's more like the Winston from Ghostbusters kind of therapist. (laughs) But my concern is that after when she wakes up in the hospital and we find out, A, we don't know what happened to her to injure her. But also, B, we find out that her husband died by suicide. He has still, quote unquote, seen now two instances of people having these experiences under hypnosis. And he seems to disregard that entirely. Yeah. Which is why I feel like the archival footage does this movie a disservice. I agree. It It is a reliable narrator, quote unquote, in a world mm-hmm. of unreliable narrators. And so we are conditioned to trust it more. But then the movie is like, no, disregard all of that, which is strange. So she goes under. She does see the owl. And we kind of get like Yelamovich vision for a bit where the door opens. There's shadow people. They're screaming. And the camera work in this scene is actually pretty cool. It is yeah. really good. Like, this is all very effectively scary for me. Like, I, I don't really like that they like did this. this, but it was effectively scary. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's they're kind of translating as it's happening. And it's saying that it is God, which is like freaky. Well, I mean, I honestly feel like, OK, so if aliens came to the Earth 6000 years ago and had the ability to, like, go to space 6000 years ago, that would be indistinguishable for most people from God. Oh, I'm more concerned about the fact that they are clearly all powerful to a point where your resistance is futile. They're the Borg, basically. Oh, yeah. yeah but like, but they just want to, like, poke us. I yep. mean, everybody can use a little poke, right? Right. I'm can play <laughs> but, like, consent's important, Paige. It is important. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Aliens that's true. are not getting consent in this movie, and that concerns me. Yeah, they should be, like, kicking down the door and being like, Gleep Glorp, and then you have to be like, yes, and then they <laughs> take you away and poke you. <laughs> anyway, so we cut back to Yelamovovich, and she's like, yeah, they abducted us and brought us back that same night, and we don't remember anything they did. There's just a black hole there, but I believe in all of it, like, but it felt hopeless, so... I think it pretends to be God, but it's not. We never found Ashley, uh, but she basically says that she had to recover from that night. It took her a few days to wake up, and she does, and the sheriff and her therapist are there, and they're like, hey, um, your husband died by suicide. Yeah, we have evidence we can show you, and they like literally show her the evidence. Yeah, and this is where she kind of blames herself, and she's like, I should have known and I'm like, there's no way to know. You can't blame yourself for someone else's actions. You don't know. You will never know. You can't know what's going on in their head. Right. And so then they're like, okay, given this, what happened to Ashley? And she's just like, duh, alien abduction. You were there. And they <laughs> essentially imply that she is 
living in an altered reality and that right. he wasn't there and none of it happened, but we allegedly have video of it, which is weird. So we cut to Yila Movovich and she's like, the recordings don't lie. Ashley's still gone. Those are facts. And like, I get that it was difficult to face the truth and I completely had delusions about my husband's death, but like everything else is totally true yeah i realize i'm not a reliable narrator but i mean some of it needs to be true for this movie to make sense so please believe that part of it right yeah and she alleges that she is still looking for ashley we pull back we find out that she's in a wheelchair so it likely broke her back as well much like scott well i honestly feel like ashley eventually got away from the aliens that abducted her but while she was running to the sidewalk she stepped on a crack and then She's just no longer <laughs> able to walk. Yeah. Back. Yeah. It's really unfortunate, but I mean, she was just trying to get away. I get so it. Funny. The movie does not address where Ashley went at all. Like, she, no. She went to Uranus. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it, it implies that they just took her to like fuck with Abigail, Dr. Tyler. They're like, we took your daughter because like you're not doing what we say. So peace out. But here's the thing they don't even have her, they don't know where she is. So, like, Within this movie, no, no, no. Well, yeah, the aliens just did it to mess with her. But like within the world of this movie, this movie would almost have you believe that there are no aliens and we should disregard all the footage that we've seen. But if that's the case, then that means as that's happening, her daughter has been legitimately abducted from her home. And no one is looking for her. They're just like, where'd you put her, mom? Yeah, the cops are like not super interested in helping her at all. No. We cut to Mila Jovovich and the actor who played the doctor, Hakeem K. Kazim. And they are basically like, you decide what's true. And I'm like, what? (laughs) That's not how truth works, dog. And they say that the FBI has made 2,000 visits to Nome more than any other city in Alaska. And I will address that in fun facts. Oh, nice. Um, it's not very nice, but sure. Oh, well, <laughs> shit. Um, and then we get like an epilogue for all the people that were in the movie. So Abel didn't cooperate, which was her therapist. Yeah. Under advice of counsel. Under advice of counsel. <laughs> the Sumerian doctor translated everything, but that's it. The sheriff retired. Ronnie Tyler is estranged. And then she was cleared of all allegations, but is under constant medical supervision. And she continues to assert that Ashley was taken by aliens and Ashley has never been found. And as the credits roll, we get recordings of UFO reports. Yeah. Um, which I think are real ones, potentially. They sounded like they could have been real. They sounded real. I couldn't find in fun facts whether they were or not. But that's, that's the, the movie. movie. Yeah. So having seen the movie, having talked about it now, what do you guys think? I would love a version of this without the video, without the archival footage. I think the version that I expected and what I thought I was going to get was without the archival footage, just a woman's descent into madness, which is terrifying. Yeah. I still think it's really creepy with the, I think the archival footage is really creepy and their screams and stuff and the way their mouth distorts. Yeah. Is creepy. I will say the more I learned of, from becoming a mental health professional, the more it made me like get annoyed at this movie than scared because I was just like, oh, all of y'all are terrible. Yeah. Um, but I still think it's quite effectively creepy. There's not a lot of, there's no jump scares or anything. It's just really, really creepy vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of the same. 
I have a lot of trouble with movies that have unreliable narrators because I feel like I'm like watching a movie that none of it really matters. I, I want the movie to tell me a story and then not at the end of it rip that story away and be like, but I mean, who knows what really happened, right? Like, that's really annoying to me. But yeah, normally that takes me out of the movie. Like, the movie The Strangers hated that movie because it was so poorly executed. It took me out of it so much I did not find it scary. I still found this movie super scary. Like, a lot of the imagery, a lot of the... It was so weird the way they built up to them, but a lot of, like, the jump scares in this movie were actually, like, them waking up from hypnosis. Yeah. yeah. And that really got me in a lot of a lot of situations. And then, of course, the faces they made, the way she gets dragged over the couch after, as she's making that sound. It's, oh, it's so creepy. Yeah, I think this movie has the scariest screams of any movie I've ever seen. I think so, too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I would say the imagery and the screams are pretty scary, but I was so frustrated by the rest of the movie that it took me out of it. Yeah, I Personally. thought this movie was going to be way scarier based on the trailer. It was not That trailer is fucking terrifying. It is. Yes. Yeah. I don't like alien movies. I think that's one of the things I get scared of. I've just never been to space, so it's like it's hard for me to like <laughs> feel sympathy for people who are having to deal with aliens, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's no aliens. <laughs> I love aliens. So like, not as a concept specifically the Ridley Scott movie. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or I guess yeah. it's James Cameron, isn't it? Yes, yeah, James Cameron. It is. Yeah, yeah. There was a, like, conversation on Twitter that, like, was started trending about whether Alien was a horror movie or not. At Alien, the, the original Alien is a haunted house in space slash alien slasher. I will 100% call it a horror movie. I mean, Wikipedia calls it a horror movie. Like, why are we even having this discussion? I mean, anyway. I'm also the person that advocated that Predator was a horror movie and Terminator is a horror movie. I would classify all of those as slashers, which brings up, I don't know if we ever discussed this on Mike, Jurassic Park, which is a zombie movie with dinosaurs, but I feel like that is a step too far and I will not be able to convince anyone of this. I think I think Jurassic Park is an effective horror movie. I think so too. It's scary. I saw that when I was a kid and I was really scared by it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although I was at that age where my uncle told me that these dinosaurs, they actually made dinosaurs for the movie. Like the technology they talk about in the movie, like they did it. And I was like so <laughs> dumb at that age. I was like, holy shit, why would you bring these creatures back? Oh, no. So I was really scared by it. That's so funny. Yeah, my uncle David's hilarious. And I get the joke now. <laughs> did not then. Anyway, so, but for those reasons, I didn't love the movie, but it was super, super scary. And I hope to never watch it again because I was very scared by it. So, Paige, do you have some fun facts for us? I do. Here it is with your fun facts. Bebop. <laughs> nice. Let's start out with, uh, I'm, I'm going to call this a big one. It's like an elongated, fun, f- not so fun fact. So... When this movie came out, the mayor of Nome, Alaska at the time, Denise Michaels, got hundreds, even thousands of phone calls asking if the movie was real. Because at no point in the end credits or anything does it say that it's fictionalized and they purport it to be real through the entire movie. They do, Mm -hmm. yes. And part of the reason that people believed it so much at the time... Especially when, you know, your ability to I believed it. Yeah, most people did. That's because in real life, there were a string of disappearances in Nome, Alaska, not far from the Bering Strait. In 2005, the FBI was brought in to investigate, and all of the victims were largely native, and they had been traveling to the town from smaller villages, and when they looked into about 20 different cases, 
they found that alcohol poisoning and freezing temperatures were almost always the causes of death oh, man. where people just succumbed to the elements. Yeah. They, it was too long of a journey. Uh, they say that nine of those bodies have never been found. Wow. Part of the problem with that is the movie really does kind of exploit those facts where if you Google, like, did the FBI investigate things in Nome, Alaska? Yes, they did. Uh, were there disappearances in Nome, Alaska? Yes. But are there actual explanations? Yes. And it really kind of conflates those for its own gain. And so people are a little frustrated because not only does that really make it difficult for people to learn about the actual disappearances that happened, which are real people with real families and are part of indigenous tribes in Alaska, and some of our treatment of indigenous tribes may have contributed to those deaths, but it didn't even cast indigenous people in the film in a city in Alaska that is predominantly indigenous people. Yeah, I wondered yeah. about that because th I think every one of her patients is white. Yeah. And I'd imagine Nome, Alaska is 55 or more percent. It's higher. Indigenous. Than okay, that. wow. Uh, okay. I have the number. Hang on. Although maybe the people who have been there longer just know not to go to her as a therapist. Okay. <laughs> And they actually did not film in Alaska either. They they filmed in uh, British Columbia specifically. But, oh, here's the other thing. So on top of all of that, to promote the movie, Universal created a website with fake news stories taken from real Alaska newspapers. So they would say that these real Alaska newspapers were doing these stories and it was completely fake. So all of those newspapers sued Universal and one, nice. and they got a settlement where Universal would have to remove the fake stories and pay $20,000 to Alaska's press club, and they would have to make contributions to scholarship funds for indigenous peoples. That's great. Good for them. That's crazy that they just took those papers. Yeah, it's nuts. Uh, Nome is 51% native Alaskan, but there are no indigenous characters in the film, or at least none is specifically stated to be indigenous. I think it's possible that her administrative assistant is supposed to be indigenous, mm. but that is not okay. defined. Sure. But people have been super mad about them using those disappearances in relation to the movie. So that's what most of the fun facts are about. Oh, gosh. Uh, now, Wheela Jovovich or Yo. Gila Movovich. Gila Movovich, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like how I created this very difficult moniker for this person. <laughs> yeah. And then sure never had this. to say it myself. It's so much harder. I can't say it. I've never attempted it this episode. I'm not going to. It's no Wattrick Pilsen. Oh. It's so much harder than Wattrick Pilsen. Anyway. It's harder to get harder than Wattrick Pilsen, guys. That guy's chiseled from marble. <laughs> yes. She was played by an actress named Charlotte Milshard. And at the end credits, she appears credited as Dr. A Abigail Tyler, not under her actual name. And in the final cast list, she is actually credited, but just as gnome resident. So they they don't like That's they go crazy. so far to make it seem real, which makes it creepier. It does. I guess the screenplay for this film 
was featured in the 2008 Blacklist, a list of the most liked oh unmade scripts of the year. <laughs> and we are 0 for 3 on Blacklist movies we between are. this and Romancing the Pod. And most of them were 2008 because 2008 was also Remember Me. Man, that was a bad year for the Blacklist. It was a bad year for the Blacklist. <laughs> I love the Blacklist, but man... They had some stinkers on that list in 2008, 2009. Yeah, but those are our fun facts. Mostly people hate the way they exploited the indigenous peoples of Alaska for this film. Thank you, Paige, for those sad facts. Yes. Uh, Let's talk some box office, though. So what do you think the budget for The Fourth Kind was in 2009 when it came out? Um... They don't have tons of sets. There's not a ton of huge names in this. I'm going to say this was 10 million. I'm going to say 15 because of production costs. Okay. So Paige was exactly right at $10 million. Yay. So well done, Paige. You win both showcase showdowns. So, or this movie came out in theaters on November 6th, 2009, and it was fourth the weekend it came out. It was beat by the number one movie that weekend that was Disney's A Christmas Carol. Michael Jackson's This Is It and The Men Who Stare at Goats were one, two, and three that weekend. Of course, the fourth kind was number four, which is fitting. And Paranor- That's what I saw that weekend. Oh, yeah? And Paranormal Activity was fifth at the box office that weekend. It had been out seven weeks. That is probably what I saw this weekend, yeah. to be honest. Because I didn't see it when it first came out. So, that being said, it was fourth the weekend it came out. What do you think it made that weekend, the weekend of November 6, 2009, what do you guys think it made? I'm going to say like four million. Mikey, what do you think? Seven. Mikey is closer, but you guys are pretty off. It's actually $12.2 million. Good for that. Wow. Good for that movie. I mean, that yeah. trailer is slaps. That it does. Slaps. That trailer that does slap. That trailer slaps. is terrifying. Yeah. If I had to give a scary scale rating for the trailer versus the movie, they would be wildly different. <laughs> yeah, they would be we all We should the do board. that. We should do that for this episode. What's the scary scale for the trailer? What's the scary scale for this movie? Yeah, I'm I'm game. We should do that for um, all movies. I mean, I already have to watch the trailers for all movies for Patreon, so mm-hmm. I'm game for that. But let me let me talk to you about the box office a little bit more. So the thing with the second, third, and fourth movies, which is again Michael Jackson's "This Is It," the Men Who Stare at Goats, and the Fourth Kind, they were all within one million dollars of each other. So like, really? Yeah, Michael Jackson's movie was at thirteen point one million, and the Fourth Kind, that was two spaces below it, was at twelve point two. So they were. It was a really tight weekend. Although the yeah. Disney's "A Christmas Carol" crushed it; it made thirty million dollars that week. Weekend. And Paranormal Activity brought in $8 million, but again, it was its seventh week out. Like, that movie was yeah. still doing it. It's It had legs for sure. So, yeah. with that in mind, what do you think it made in its total domestic box office run? It made 12.2 in its first week. What do you think it made domestically for its total run? Uh, I'm going to say 35. Ooh, I was going to say 32. Okay, it made $26.2 million, so not a whole lot more than it made in its opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Which is never a good sign. It went on to make another twenty three point two million dollars internationally for a total of almost fifty million dollars, so forty nine point four million dollars, and then it made another ten point five million in domestic DVD and Blu-ray sales. So it definitely made its money back. Hmm. But that is your box office. Okay, let's do scary scale. Let's do it. All right, All right. scary scale is a scale of one to ten of how we how scary we found the film. Yeah, when we watched it. Yep. So mm-hmm. that's how this is. Our one example is Ghostbusters, and our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Paige, what are you going to give this on the scary scale? I'm going to give this movie a two. 
Okay. Wow. Uh, the imagery is scary. The screams are scary, but nowhere near as scared as I was with like Last Exorcism or okay. like. At, at no point was I just like ah. Oh, I was more just like ah, uh, you know. <laughs> at no point were you screaming like she was when she got a hold of her rabbit. Right. That's funny. Yeah, I thought so. I, I'm gonna give <laughs> what it. What about a, you, Todd? I'm gonna give it a four. I thought it was okay. effectively scary. I did not like it. And when my smoke alarm went off at 1:30, it freaked me the fuck out, and I, I stayed up all night thinking about it. So I'm gonna give it a four. I was not a fan. I hope to never see this movie again. I'm gonna give it a three because it still freaked me out. Yeah, it is effectively scary. Yeah. Okay, trailer. How scary was the trailer? The trailer's like an eight and a half to nine. I would give the trailer an eight. Yeah. That trailer is so fucking scary. I was going to say eight as well. It's very scary. Yeah. That trailer literally like jump cuts every scary scene in this movie together. Yes. And it blurs uh, Yila Movovich's face. So it makes oh. her look scarier. Yeah. And it's like this. Yes. So the trailer was like at an eight for me. And so I was like. If that's the trailer, I can't go see this shit. I'll never <laughs> sleep again. And then now having seen it, I'm just like, hire whoever made that trailer because that guy's amazing. <laughs> so this week, Mikey, you made us watch The Fourth Kind. What are we watching next week? The listeners decide uh, yes, next week. The listeners are, and they have decided. Their votes are in. We had a lot of votes this time for our listener request, uh, but the winner was Taking of Deborah Logan. So I don't really know anything <laughs> about this movie, but the imagery for it is pretty effectively scary. I've never seen it. I, I haven't either nice. because I heard it described and was like, oh, hell no. That sounds like exactly the thing that's going to terrify me forever. Uh, I think I'm going to be as scared of that, if not more, as I was of Last Exorcism. So, yeah. I'm not looking forward to it. I have to watch the trailer for Patreon uh, soon, and I'm not looking forward to that either. So so your homework this week is to watch The Taking of Deborah Logan, and maybe it'll be the first time like it is for us, for you guys. Pro- probably not. A lot of you voted for it. Like, it crushed its competition. Really? Yeah. Like, the next closest one, it beat by 44 votes. Oh. Damn. Yeah, it crushed the competition. Anyway, so Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Uh, definitely not, because I just remember we do that segment. All right. Well, it's not like it's the first time we've done it, so maybe uh, pay attention to where we are on the segment show. I mean, we all three forgot about it, so let's not like single me out. Well, I'm just saying. I don't know that that's going to make the cut, but definitely you forgetting it's going to make the cut. <laughs> well, I just want it all in the cut because it's no cut. <laughs> oh, this is a fun one. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? <laughs> I'm going to read Casso Day's uh, review. Casso Day's? What does Casso Day say? Uh, have Mikey read this doing his best Gilbert Gottfried impression. Oh, wow. That's going to be difficult. Well, it would be for me. I don't know if you've got that on lock. What you got? Casso Day says, so scary good. Okay. I've been listening to this <laughs> podcast for a month. <laughs> oh, and I am almost through getting caught up with all the episodes. That's a crazy amount of listening. That's amazing. Thank you. I listen to it when I'm driving, cleaning, working, (laughs) Affleck, and even at the gym. (laughs) The day, the way everyone goes back and forth makes... (laughs) (laughs) It's hard on your throat, right, Mikey? Oh, my God. I I get it, yeah. Okay. Makes you feel like you're there, (laughs) hanging out with your best friends. (laughs) Uh, I am constantly telling my movie buff friends to listen in hopes that they 
become obsessed just like I have. <laughs> Five stars. I don't even know the words I said in that review. I'm not even sure you've ever heard Gilbert Godfrey speak. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Cassidy, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. And if you want to have your review run on the podcast, leave us a five-star review. So, guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. Mikey is at mrandolph24, and I am at Todd J. Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horrorvirgin, where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff, like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes, where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm. than the mm-hmm. regular feed drop. We do a lot of great things, like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If you can't financially support the show, that's understandable, that's fine, but if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash virgin. We also link it like once a week, so just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group, and literally we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's Twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. This episode was brought to you by... Nick B. Nick B. Nick B. Fun fact. Oh, yeah? He can speak Sumerian. Oh, nice. So he, like, is fluent in the old language. Yep. Okay, cool. This episode also brought to you by Ori. Ori. Uh, And Ori does not speak Sumerian, but does walk around downtown yelling at people saying that she is a god. <laughs> and you're not. <laughs> wow! <laughs> you, I just well, thought that you should know. know. That's a vertical horizon <laughs> musical joke that Mikey just made. That's amazing. And if you heard this week, this past Thursday's episode of Romance in the Pod, you realized why that's so shocking. <laughs> <laughs> just 45 minutes of me nodding my head. Yep. What if Ori was one of us? <laughs> just an alien on, on the bus. bus. Try to phone their way home. <laughs> awesome. This episode also brought to you by Awesome Possum Blossom. And Awesome Possum Blossom wants me to give you some awesome possum facts. So here's one for you. Possums hate aliens. Like, really hate them. <laughs> they don't even play dead. Well, that's what they do. Like, when they see an alien, even if it's brought up in a conversation, you'll see them, like, they don't really, like, play dead. They just pretend to faint so they don't have to talk to you. Like, it's that sort of a thing. How many conversations do you have with possums? I don't want to get into that. Uh, I think Todd misspoke. Uh, Possums are just super racist. (laughs) 
They're like build a wall around the earth. (laughs) (laughs) There already is one. It's made of trash. Space trash. Uh, Houston, we have a possum. (laughs) (laughs) This episode also brought to you by the letter Jeff. And Jeff wants you to check out his podcast, Kissing Jessica Jones, where each week they break down a new episode of Marvel's Netflix Jessica Jones TV show. So check it out. This week also brought to you by Brandon's Bug Business. And Brandon's Bug Business is actually called Bug Cage Company on Facebook. So if you have any spider, scorpion, millipede, centipede, or other apede that you might a milli need, reach out to Bug Cage Company on Facebook for any pranking and practical insect purposes. And they'll ship you some bugs. This episode also brought to you by Taco Cat. And Taco Cat wants you to check out his podcast, What's Your Dick Shaking At You, Pepper Wise? (laughs) (laughs) No cuts. (laughs) No cuts. I'm so sorry, Taco Cat. It's actually called What's New, Barkeep? Whoa, 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 whoa. Where each week they make a new drink, right, Mikey? And they talk about that drink and any other topic that they might want to talk about. Yeah, I heard they plan murders. Okay. Just leave it in. Just leave it in. <laughs> so, guys, check out What's New Barkeep on yeah. your uh, mm-hmm. you know, podcast app. We now return you to another episode of uh, The, the Patreonicals. Well, welcome back. Oh, well, thank you. To this very written and prepared episode. That'd be a first. Of uh, Patreonicals. Uh, when we last left off, I think, we were on the moon. Yeah, the mun. We were on the mun, yes. Wow, he's checking notes, Paige. He literally did write something. <laughs> I'm so impressed right now. Okay, Karun and uh, Domosaurus, yeah. are, they're like deep down underneath the Moonder Dome. Right, in the tunnels. Um, right. In the tunnels, because right. that's where Karun had buried some extra money that he owes Domosaurus. And um, he's like, what are we going to do with all those stupid earthlings when you give me your money? He's like, I don't care, just get me back to like... My home world, whatever. And Domosaurus is like, well, that's extra. And you, or you can borrow some. <laughs> <laughs> and then Domosaurus makes like a weird face, and he's like, uh, and he poops out Dave because he ate him last episode. Oh God! Oh wow! Dave literally got past this episode. And Dave came out, and he he just comes back to life, and he's like, man, you should see what he smells like on the inside. <laughs> he's like, you, you have a couple. Reincarnation of- <laughs> is shitty. He's like, Domosaurus, you have a couple of polyps. And that you need to get that checked out. That might be dangerous. And then Domosaurus is like, oh, my God, thank you. <laughs> Here, get on my back and ride. Get on my back and ride. David's on top of Domosaurus. <laughs> and Karun gives him some money, but they're, like, kind of working out the details. So, anyway, back up top of the Nor- Munderdome. Munderdome. Mike. <laughs> Munderdome. I make the rules. <laughs> 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 anyway, um Munda sounds like Framunda, like Framunda cheese. Yeah. Cheese um, from under your balls. He, that's true. Sasha, behavior analyst, starts talking. And everybody's in the same room uh now for some reason. And uh <laughs> cuz narratively it works. Go on. It works better mm-hmm. this way. Yeah. And she says, um you all have fallen right in my trap. <gasps> what? I'm so <gasps> sick of all this shit. Jacques, it's been a ruse. You guys do not appreciate me or Eddie, who is now with me, and he is my lover. Wow! <laughs> dun dun dun! Wow! Besos y lágrimas. And then out of all, he <laughs> just into it. I like it. Out of everywhere, space pythons appear with their helmets on. 
Well, they're, they're on the moon. Okay, I guess that makes sense. They would have helmets. Okay, that checks out. I was about to get really mad, but no, I'm on board. Well, I mean, the helmets have guns. All right. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. So they're not wearing them for atmospheric purposes. Okay. Uh, they both. They're moon snakes, Todd. Oh, they're moon excuse snakes. Me. Excuse me. Uh, they're mun snakes. Excuse me. They're mun, mun snakes. At the mun. M-O-O-N. That smells mun. That's the one Stephen King joke I'll ever make on this podcast. And I put it at the very end of a weird episode that's not Stephen King related. So there you go. So the pythons wrap around Isaac. He tries to eat one, but he headbutts him with the helmet and then shoots him with the helmet gun. And then wraps around Isaac and he falls. And Isaac's like, no! And then... Where does he... Um, did Eddie, he fall down a tunnel or something? Like, No, no, he falls like, just to the floor. Like, over dramatic. <laughs> so he just falls to the floor but screams like he's falling down a tube. Well, he's got a python wrapped around him who headbutted him and shot him with a space helmet gun. I do feel like he's got a lot going on. I, I probably am being overcritical. I, I apologize. He's pretty... Pretty busy. He's probably overwhelmed. Yeah. Where's the empathy? Um, Kate has a little bit of uh, psychic power re- re- oh, resurge uh, due to the fear and adrenaline. And so yes. she like knocks a snake off of her and then she runs and gets away. Okay. Tristam gets surrounded by a bunch of snakes, bunch, 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 bunch of snakes and uh, collapses to the ground. But there's like a hundred space pythons in this Munder Dome. Wow. Okay. Sasha's been playing this for forever. Apparently. Yeah. Evil Matthew kills a space python, and Eddie was like, this is it. This is the reason I have turned against all of you. How many of my animals, friends, have you let die? Only Sasha cares. Only Sasha cares. (laughs) He had to hit that tag twice. Yeah. (laughs) So he kicks (laughs) Evil Matthew in the face and gives him a black eye. And then uh, Amy the astronaut, she... Had an astronaut stuff going on. She had a whole space pack on her. She she, she uh, clicks her helmet down and like takes a jetpack and blasts off out, out of the Munder Dome into into the just just into the walking. cold dark depths of space. Well, I mean, she's on the moon, so she's like just bouncing to get away. Okay, yeah. All right. What a marvelous night for a moon dance. <laughs> and then Scott, who's made of the thing, you know, basically the thing. Um, to clarify, the comic book thing, the comic book the... thing, not the other <laughs> thing. But thing. that's when <laughs> the movie thing crawls out of the ground. What? And he can talk to a it. A crossover? <laughs> and he can talk to it. And he says, thing, get Scott, the other thing. And so the thing covers Scott, and Scott falls to the ground. It's a thing v. thing off. Right. Is Kurt Russell going to be here? Because now I'm interested. Hang on, I got to get makeup on. <laughs> well, as you see, the thing has the head of Kurt Russell and the body of the thing. Oh, out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. He's got the wang and head of wang and head. <laughs> Just the wang and the head. Just a disembodied <laughs> wang and a head. And everything else has been distorted into thing like tentacles. Still out. <laughs> give me shoulders or give me death. Well, there's shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened in the patrioticals this week. How long has Sasha and Eddie been having this affair? Will Mikey ever learn how to pronounce the word moon? <laughs> Is Dave a proctologist? Find out next week on another episode of uh, the, the Patrioticals. Oh, that's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it oogie spooky. Have a great week. Bye. Wang. (laughs) What? Just wang. (laughs) 
Kurt Russell dick nerds. <laughs> <laughs>